Hi, you're listening to the sermon recording podcast of Awaken Church. Awaken is a church of missional communities whose vision is to see individuals experience healing through the gospel, be raised to their fullest potential among community, and sent out to live a life on mission. You can find out more online at awakenvb.com. And if you live in Hampton Roads, we invite you to check out our worship gathering in the Haygood area of Virginia Beach, Saturday evenings at 5 p.m. Thank you for listening. Hey, if I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, my name is Philip. I'm one of the pastors here at Awaken Church. Uh, it's my privilege to serve at the church, doing a variety of things. And one of the things that I right now love doing is right now we're spending time developing new content around how do we uh, start this new series. So we're in a brand new series called Movement that starts tonight. So if you're here, welcome to week one. So thanks for being here tonight, guys. Uh, we believe at a, at a church like Awaken, it's easy sometimes just to go through the motions and forget kind of who we are, why we're here, and what we're doing, right? It's, it's easy to just kind of go through the motions of doing Christianity, and as a church community, we try really hard to not just do something, but to become something in the process. So uh, part of understanding what we are becoming is understanding where God is at work moving, and so the series of movement is really to unpack for you why I love Awaken Church, hopefully why you've come to a Love Awakened Church. And if you haven't yet come to know what Awakened Church even is or what we're about, this series is a great opportunity for you to kind of hear all the different facets of kind of how we operate, what we're doing, and also kind of learn about our heart for the city and for Hampton Roads in the process. So my hope in this, just, uh, you know, just honest plug, is that in this process, you fall in love with what God is going to be doing in our church, what he's been doing already, and kind of jumping on board with kind of where we're headed as a church together. We use this word missional, you've already heard it maybe even a dozen times tonight uh, already, to kind of describe who we are as a church. And so one of the things that I think I can be guilty of, and, and probably our entire staff team or leadership can be guilty of at times, is we use these churchy words that maybe you have no other context in outside of a church community, right? And so what we want to do tonight is just be honest about naming what some of these things are, why they're here as a part of our uh, vocabulary, and then hopefully kind of lean into kind of where we're going uh, as a church. So I'm going to kind of start by just telling you a quick story in case you're unaware. Awakens about 11 years old, started in a living room. Uh, Pastor Mike and Connie helped start a movement of just kind of dreaming up what does it mean to have a relational church in the heart of Hampton Roads. And in that process, their heart and their desire for what would become Awakened Church was really to see a different movement of the church. And God really began to kind of grow and mature that, that pull and that tug in the Pumphrey's heart into kind of what we've now fully embraced as missional communities and being a church on mission together as a family. And so that's taken us a lot of different turns. We've met, met in different places. Uh, but at the core of it all, we've been about reaching people for our city. And so we absolutely believe in the equipping and the, um, the enabling that happens in these gatherings. But at the root of all of this, we've never had a heart or a desire, as Jeff said, just to like pack a room full of people. Um, there's a reason why some churches grow super fast, and we're going to kind of get to that tonight. And that growth looks different than the kind of growth that we've experienced here. And so this is by no means an excuse sermon, it's an explanation sermon. And it's also an opportunity to invite you to something, maybe 
as a different perspective. So how many of you guys just show of hands, let's interaction, wake up time here a little bit. How many of you guys show of hands, you would say, just in general, you grew up going to church. You grew up being a part of a faith community. Okay, cool. How many of you guys would say, uh, for the most part, church is a new experience for you in the last couple of years? Cool. So as a variety, right, we've got a mixture of people here. And within that concept, there are people who view what the church is and what the role of the church should look like, right? We all have our own opinions in the process. And so one of the things I thought, just to use some basic terminology, these are not some like, I didn't pull these from anybody. These are just some basic, simple, elementary definitions here. We're going to use two key words tonight throughout the message, attractional and missional. Okay, so just wanted to find them for you. Attractional, very simple. Come and see, right? Come and see. Missional, go and be. So it's very simple to remember. Attractional, come and see. Missional, go and be. And there's a lot of depth to each of these words and kind of what they mean. We're not going to jump super deep into them tonight, but we're going to use these words as a platform to kind of explain kind of where we have been and where we're going as a church. And so this isn't really, although we're going to kind of cast some vision together as a church, this isn't really a vision series or a vision sermon, but it's important that we kind of stop for a second and kind of talk through, I think, where God has brought us so far and kind of where we're going. One of the things that happens a lot, this is maybe something that maybe you aren't aware of, is behind the scenes of maybe what you experience in a normal church gathering, pastors and leaders for the last 20 years have had an enormous debate about what does it mean to really philosophically be the church, especially in the Western Christianity world that we live in here in the States. And there's debates about, you know, do we need more attractional churches? Do we need more missional churches? What does it mean to kind of, do you find a balance in between those things? And at the heart of it, I think they're both like really awesome things. And I think part of it for us as a church, especially in this last, I don't know, three-ish years for us as a church, we have felt such a strong calling, and rightfully so, to really press into what does it mean for us to be a church family on mission, to get our healthy community, healthy uh, missional communities growing and, and understanding what does it mean. And although there's definitely still work to be had there, I'm incredibly proud of our missional communities to date and how they are growing and understanding what does it mean to be healthy and start to live into the mission that God has for them. And again, we're not there yet, and there's probably areas that all four of our missional communities would say they want to press into more and do things differently. But at the root of it, God's been doing some really awesome work in our MCs for the last four years. I think we're probably the only church that I know of, uh, probably period, but definitely at Hampton Roads, where we have more people gathering missional communities throughout the week than we have in our, in our worship gatherings on the weekend. And if that, doesn't, like, if that doesn't surprise you or stun you, let me just give you some basic numbers. So what can be considered a healthy church is that 30% of their worship gathering is present in small groups or Bible studies. And I would say, just from doing some quick math over the last few weeks, we average around 100 to 120% of people that are in our missional communities versus our gathering. Right? What that basically means, in case you're unsure about the math there, is that we've got more people that belong to missional communities that don't show up here at gatherings. And we're okay with that at, at Awakened Church, right? And that's very different than how a lot of churches do things. 
And so let me kind of unpack for you why that's important to us. But I also want to kind of uh, not write the ship, but I want to cast some new vision for us to kind of where we're headed in this process. So if you're with us back before Easter, we do a two-week series called Vision Check. If you weren't here, very simple. We outline three basic statements that we want to define who we are as a church. The first one is that we want to be a missional church. We want to be a church where we are feeling sent to go and belong and be in neighborhoods, be in the networks that God's called us to, to go and be present and to go and belong, Right? Two important parts that I want you to hear loud and clear. To go and be present means to actually exist, right? Not just show up and like just sit next to someone on your phone, but to be present, right? To really understand what does it mean to belong to that relationship. And the other part of it would be to belong. To not just go when it's convenient for you, but to really belong to something even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when it's not convenient, right? So that's what the heart of what it means for us to be missional, Right, there's so many things to that. We're going we're to talk about it a little bit tonight. But the second thing tonight we talked about from way back in, in the spring is that we want to be a multiplying church. And Jeff highlighted that already through kind of the opportunity that David has coming up over the next few weeks. But we are constantly looking for ways to multiply not just our DNA, but our lives as a church. So whether that's through movements that God's called us to be a part of that are, uh, that are national or local, whether that's through movements that we have a chance to multiply in, as our missional communities grow and expand, or maybe that's just simply looking to multiply your life into someone else's life because we're all called to be in discipling relationships with other people, right? So there's this constant multiplying that happens in our, in our church, in our personal lives, in our leadership that we want to continue to lean into as a church. And the third one is that we believe in shared leadership as a church. At Awakened Church, will always be a church that honors shared leadership. And so we're not going to spend a lot of time on that tonight, but the basic premise of shared leadership is that we don't have a hierarchy of staff here in our church. We've got five people that co-lead and mutually submit to each other. There's not a senior pastor here at Awakened Church. And in that process, we believe that God's uniquely wired all five of us to serve the body differently. And then we have a spiritual leadership team which comes alongside of us and we submit together to help our church be healthy, growing, and carry out the vision where God's called us to be. And so there's this beautiful example that it's messy at times and it's chaotic at times of mutual submission that takes place, not because it's easiest, but because we believe it's what God's called us to do. It's biblical for us. So it's definitely not the easiest way of doing leadership. Trust me, uh, it's definitely absolutely an act of obedience though, of what God has called us to. So as I look back at the life of Jesus, I thought, man, what, a, what better way to kind of understand what does it mean for us in this season to kind of walk through the tension of the attractional and missional. You think about attractional, you think about churches, I'm not going to use any names here because it doesn't matter, but you, it's easy to find them. They're churches that put a lot of their time energy, resources, and staff hours into their worship gathering services that happen on the weekends. So their main focus is getting you to attend a service, right? And in that service, God works and moves, right? He can use the worship ministry, he can use the kids ministry, the youth ministry, the teaching and preaching. God can definitely use these things all the time, but their main focus as a church has existed. I'm not minimizing their other ministries that they have, but their core premise is to get you to come and see what God's doing in their church family. And then if you swing to the other side of the pendulum, you see churches that are more missional that say, hey, come with me as we go and belong to something in our neighborhood and our community. And our church has definitely swung the pendulum very much to the missional side of this conversation, especially over the last three years. But at the root of all of it, we believe that's where God's been calling us to. 
And I think what our co-leadership team wants to kind of bring to you as a church tonight, and what I get the privilege of sharing with you tonight, is that we want to kind of figure out how do we find the balance, right? How do we figure out how do we be attractional? Come and see what God is doing, because I get amped and excited about all the things that God is doing in our church. It's why, as cheesy as it is, we ask you to check on Facebook, not because we just want like more publicity, but we genuinely believe that if you start talking about what God's doing in your life and make it aware, people will come and see what God is doing. Because I guarantee you, most people have never experienced a Christian community that looks like this. And that's not to say look at us in a prideful way, it's to say there's something absolutely contagious once you rub shoulders with real, genuine, transforming Christianity. If you're just looking to do Christianity, there's a lot of great places to do it at. But if you want to come belong to a church community and figure out what does it mean to walk, in that, walk that faith out and belong to a gospel movement, you won't find a better example, in my opinion, than an awakened church. And I'm biased, so you can argue with me later, but you're wrong. So, so as I look back at the life of Jesus, right, I see him doing both attractional and missional. So my first kind of bullet point for you tonight is that Jesus was both attractional and missional in his public and private ministry. Jesus loved to say, hey, let's get as many people as we can in this house. Let's go up top of the hill and let's just see who shows up, Right? And Jesus also did this thing, I call it spiritual lollygagging, right? He would just like, I don't know where we're going. We're just going to show up and see what God does, right? So he shows up and they learn how to exist as disciples just to exist in that space. And look what God does, right? There's miracles that happens. There's people they meet. He wanders by a well and, and changes a woman's life, right? There's all this spiritual lollygagging. This kind of happens from just being present, right? So it's a beautiful mix of both end. And so I want to kind of read a story tonight. If you're if you've been, and some of you guys raised your hands earlier, you've been a part of a church community, this story may sound familiar to you, but I bet you've never looked at it through the lens of kind of attractional and missional churches. So what I want to invite you to tonight is to read through a story. Um, it's a story that Jesus kind of gets upset about. It's one of the few places in Scripture where Jesus gets noticeably angry, if you will. So Mark 11 is where we're reading tonight. It's up here on the screen. If you want to follow along with you can in your own Bible or your app if you want. But Mark 11, starting in verse 15. It says, when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people, buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. So there's this moment in Jesus' public ministry towards the end of it. And this account is found in numerous places throughout the gospel. So it may not be a story that you've heard of before, but most of us may be familiar with this story. But basically, just to kind of paint the picture of the story, kind of what's happening, Jesus walks in and basically sees in the temple that they are doing all these things that they're not supposed to be doing, right? Basic premise here. But what you and I can read through the story and just see is that, okay, Jesus is pissed. He gets upset. He throws some stuff. That's kind of cool. Like, Jesus threw some stuff. That's kind of cool, right? And uh, kind of makes it feel like it's holier than thou at the end of the story, right? It's a house of prayer. Don't be doing this stuff. Don't wear your hats in church. Act the right way, right? And it's easy to read that end of the story. That's absolutely 100% not what this story is about. So if you're not familiar with the temple in Jerusalem, there's this outer court called the court um, 
Sorry, I'm going to read my notes. The court of, of the Gentiles. And this court of the Gentiles is a place where people who were not part of the Jewish faith, who were not born Jewish, could come and gather and interact with Jewish people. It's the only part of the temple that people who were not Jewish could exist and interact. And so there's this space that was always designed for them to to talk, hang out, build community, have relationships, strike deals if they wanted to, business deals even at times. But it was mostly there for them to interact and, and be with other people, right? The reason why, if you read the end of that passage, why Jesus talks about it, we can glance right over, is that, that Jesus says that my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And so there are Jewish people who would meet Gentiles in these, this court of the Gentiles to pray for them and to pray with them. And so what's happening in this story is that there's this beautiful space. Just think about even just the heart of God for a moment that even though the gospel had not experienced the centerpiece of the cross yet, yet in this story, God's heart has been that there would be a place for those who had never found a place before. And so what happens is they've turned this space, this common area, into another Jewish space, another thing for them to do, right? We've got to make sacrifices, so let's, let's, let's do some more trading out here. Let's, let's, we got to sell some stuff here. We can hang out, right? They basically turned into another Jewish club for them to kind of do whatever they wanted to do. And so basically, like if you had to summarize it, the religious people had transformed the only inclusive access point into a place of comfort for the exclusive. Let me say that again. The religious people had transformed the only inclusive access point into a place of comfort for the exclusive. So there was this place that was designed by nature to be inclusive, and the Jewish religious leaders allowed it to become another example just to exclude people away. And if we're not careful, the negative end of the spectrum of attractional churches is that we just create more spaces for more Christians to do more Christian things. And so one of the things why we have pushed at times against that is not because we don't want to be like so-and-so's church. It's that we don't want to be a church that exists for Christians. Pretty simple. That might be mind-blowing for a few of you, but like our church does not exist for more Christians. Do we welcome people that are of faith? Absolutely, right? Like, we need that, right? We need to equip and enable each other in this process. There's, there's mutual, benef- there's beneficial uh, steps that we can all take by being around other believers. But our church does not exist to attract more Christians to it. And at the end of the spectrum of, of attraction, or the negative end of the, of the spectrum, it's just to attract more people to something to come to. And that's what's happening in this passage. And so it, it's one of the few places where we see Jesus get livid and just start throwing stuff because they've missed the, the heart of God and even the temple in this moment, a sacred place that was also designed to be inclusive and exclusive at moments. They had eliminated opportunities for people to come and feel welcomed. And if we're not careful, and this is, in my opinion, we're so far away from this danger right now, it's not funny, but at this point, time, it's important for us to hear this reminder that I never want this space, we never want this space to be something that just exists for your comfort, for your consumption. That's not what this is for. 
And so the gathering, although it's an amazing opportunity for us to come together, it is designed to be inclusive for everyone to be a part of this moment right now. This is not an exclusive, only MC, awakened church moment, right? It feels like that sometimes to me, if I can be honest. And so my challenge to us is to figure out how do we live in the balance, right? So a couple things I want to kind of carry on about this process that as I thought about, you know, what does it mean for us as a church to be attractional and missional? Awakened church always will care more about its sending capacity than its seating capacity. We as a church always want to care more about how are we sending people out than how are we packing a room out. And in this process of us kind of leaning so heavily into the missional church side of things, we have tapped into some amazing opportunities for us to be a sending church. What I love about one of the unique opportunities that we have as a church is that we do have a lot of military that come through. And in that process, when they're, whether it's, um, you know, they get orders somewhere else or they're deployed for a season, we don't lose someone, we're sending them out. We're not losing anything. God's sending them out to do something really awesome. And that awesome thing is to live out the kingdom of God wherever they go. You see, there's this mindset shift that we talk a lot about as a church, and, and I wanted to start with this understanding of Awaken being a church that's, uh, that's attractional and missional, because at the heart of this, we have to understand what does it mean for us to be a sent people. And if we live like sent people, we see God do some amazing things. But one of the reasons why I think we don't always see God do some of the amazing things when we're sent is because we've sometimes missed opportunities to gather within Christian community. So I wrote it this way. I thought maybe it'd be helpful. I think the more centered we are in Christian community, the more sent we are as God's people. If you could center yourself around Christian community, not in an isolated way, as a centered way, right? Not as an exclusive way, but if you learn to center your life around godly Christian community, this gathering, your missional community are two basic examples of that. If you center your life around these two aspects of your community gathering, then God's going to do some amazing things as he sends you out. If you look at the book of Acts, there are roughly about 40 miracles that we see happen in the early church days. So Jesus has already come and gone, right? And now there's this movement of the early church. If you look at the 40 miracles that we see in the book of Acts, 39 of them happen outside of the walls of a religious space or the church, right? 39 out of 40 miracles happen outside of a religious space or a church. But it's not because God doesn't want to do things within the confines of Christian community. It's because they understand how to center their lives in Christian community and then go be sent people. And if all you ever are is this isolated, sent person, you're not only going to burn out, you're going to miss opportunities to be equipped and enabled to carry out your sentness. Does that make sense? And so you're sitting here tonight like, Philip, I... I don't know what you want from me. Like, I go and I, I've been trying to, like, share the gospel. I've been trying to do these things over here. And, and I'm, I just feel like I'm, it's not clicking. My question to you tonight is how have you centered your life around Christian community so that you can be sent? 
And if you're going to all the Christian community things, and maybe you're not even belonging to it, let's just say you are though, but you're not stepping out in the boldness that God has for you to be a sent person, to live on mission, then my question for you is, who can go with you? Because you're not meant to do this alone. The beautiful reason why we see all these miracles take place throughout the book of Acts is not because that God is just all of a sudden like showing off. It's because he sends them in, in groups of people to do the very thing he's called them to do, to be sent. The gospel will do what it's supposed to do. Please hear me loud and clear. The gospel is self-sufficient. It doesn't at all need you to do anything except go and belong and be present. The story of the gospel is that you and I get to be a part of it, but God's going to do everything. And I think sometimes we try and force these things to happen so often that we forget really what is God's responsibility and where is our responsibility? Where, where do we lie in this process? And the danger of the missional side is that we go and do so much that sometimes we, we neglect Christian community. And some of us tonight need to hear that part of the extreme. And so the tension is beautiful, right? There's something beautiful about us as a church and us as people figuring out how do I live my life in a way that invites people to where God's at work and to be in community and where is God calling me to go and be present? And it's far easier, especially where we live in today, to pick one thing or the other. Man, our world loves to put you into a box, right? You're either this or you're that. You either like this or you hate this, right? There is no gray area. And the beautiful thing about what I believe God calls the church to do is yes, both and. Bring people with you and also send people in the process. So our gatherings are going to constantly be a primary example of what it means to be missional. Our gatherings, these things that we do right here, are designed to align with where God has called us to be missional. This isn't just simply here to come and see what God's doing. This is what makes our gatherings different. We have MC spotlights. We have things we're doing that are different. But at the root of this process, our gatherings are a way to equip you to live on mission because we want to be a missional church. But in this next season, I'm inviting you to go with me on a journey. What would it look like for us to invite people on the journey with us? Again, I believe there's something contagious about what God wants to do right now. And I think we're like knocking on the door of it. But it's going to require all of us to unite together in this process and really dream up what does it look like for God to really start this missional revival movement in Hampton Roads. We're the only church, to my, to my knowledge, and Mike, you travel way more than I do in this area, that does missional communities like Awakened Church. And that's not to say that we're doing it 100% right. It's to say that there's something that God has called us to do that makes it unique. But I think God wants to use that uniqueness to start a movement of something. To help us multiply into other places. So I want to read one final passage with you tonight. It's from Acts chapter 2. It's a pretty well-known passage. And I want you to think about it through the lens of attractional and missional as we get ready to close out our time of worship tonight. 
Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42, says all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them, came, came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. That's what I want. That's what we want, right? There's no need for me to say it any better than that. There's this beautiful interwoven dynamic. And I want to invite you to stop pushing to the extremes and to walk into this balance with me. That if we want to see a movement of God, we have to live generous lives. We got to figure out how to have shared tables and break bread with people. We have to all come together and gather together. We've got to listen to teaching. We've got to pray together. And the Lord will add to our number as he sees fit. But there's something beautiful that will happen when we find the balance of both come and see what God is doing so that we can go and be his hands and feet in this world. We have two pathways that we use to describe these two things we've talked about tonight. And I'm going to send you out tonight with these examples, but I want you to kind of think about them over worship in, this next few, in the next few minutes. We have, a, we have these pathways which are like spiritual disciplines, but they're less about these things that you do, right? They're things that you kind of walk in and you're on a journey to discover in the process. They're not tasks that you perform. So we have the, the, the pathways of gathering and the, pathering, the pathway of reaching, the pathway of, of gathering is this beautiful understanding that we're here to engage in community within the body of Christ. And some of you tonight, this is the pathway you need to walk out of here with. This is your take home. What does it look like for you to press in and fully engage in the community that God's called you to? Or maybe you're not a part of any Christian community right now. And so I just want to invite you, hey, will you just show up here for five weeks? Will you hang out with us for a few weeks and let me just show you what it looks like to be the church because I'm biased, but we do it pretty well here. When it, when it comes to engaging in the community, I want to invite you to press in and fully figure out what that looks like for these next four weeks after tonight. And then there's this beautiful sentence that happens through the pathway of reaching. Reaching is when we share the hope of Christ's love. It's hard to share the hope of Christ when you feel hopeless because you haven't seen God at work. There's something contagious that happens in our community when we gather together so that we can reach the world with the hope that can change a life. These things are married together for a reason. It's not either or, it's both and. And this next season of our church, we are going to fully embrace both of these things. We're not apologizing for being a missional church. 
we're not going to be a church that's about seating capacity. We will be a church that says, come and see what God's doing. Let me bring you along. And then let's go back out. Let's do it again. Right, you're in a missional community. The coolest thing about what we do with missional communities is that you get to go and be in mission and on mission together with people and then come here and say, look what God's been doing, right? This should be this beautiful family, extended family reunion that takes place every Saturday night. But I don't know what God's doing in your life if you're not here, if you don't come back to the Thanksgiving table to break bread, to celebrate what God's doing, to worship I miss you guys when you're not here. Life happens on Saturdays, guys. I get it, right? And I love and adore the fact that we do Saturdays as a church. But we've got to figure out this beautiful balance of both ends in this process. And as I'm figuring it out, as our church is figuring out, I just want you to walk in the tension with me. Let's let's press into that together. Because I really, truly believe that God wants to do some amazing things like he did in, in the book of Acts and the early church. If we can apply these principles, I guarantee you God's going to do some amazing, miraculous things outside of the walls of these, of these four walls of the church, right? Let's center our lives around community so that God can send us out. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we ask right now that you would begin to usher in a movement like one we've never seen before. God, the phrase of just a missional revival comes to mind because I believe that you want to do something to revive your church and then put on the fresh eyes of what it means to be on mission together. God, my heart and our heart in this room is not to build the awakened church. It's to build your kingdom. But God, I know that you've called us as a church to play a critical role in that. So God, would you begin right now to ignite each of our hearts Set us on fire, God, in a way that we've never been before. Would you cause us to fall more in love with the people that you put in our paths? Will we see them through your eyes? I pray against the temptations of busyness, laziness, complacency. I pray against the temptations of comfort. And God, that we all, as a church, choose in this next season especially to lay aside these things cognitively so that you can come in and do what you need to do in our lives, in our MCs, and in our church. God, would you cause us to be transformed in this process? And unapologetically, God, I'm asking you to bring people into this space so that they can experience the same amazing, life-changing power of what it means to be a part of a missional church. To experience what it means to walk in with no judgment, to walk in here with no condemnation, to walk in and feel the hug of a stranger. 
that this would be a beautiful example of the inclusive gospel that we believe in as a church. And God, would you just cause us to get out of the way? Just just move us out of the way and come in and do what you want to do. This is our moment of surrender as a church, God. In Jesus' name, amen.